Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are talking about all the subscribers that PlayStation has lost. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> um, PlayStation Plus subscribers, yeah. to be exact. Yeah, it's uh, whenever I saw. I'm this not saying this joyously. That sounds like I was uh, I was uh, you know happy about it. That's not necessarily. I'm not you know I I'm indifferent about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, it's and it's interesting because like whenever whenever you see the head like whenever I saw the headline, I was like I was like what is this? Well, like how how? And then as I don't like dug into it, I was like I it it became a little bit clearer as I was like oh, okay, I I kind of understand this now. Um, so we'll get into all of that later, Chris. All right. We've got a lot of news and a lot of other news as well we do. on the, we uh, do. on the old deck. feels like Phil Spencer has been running around just talking to people. Yeah. I don't know why, but he's been out there for sure. <laughs> he, he decided that for the Halloween season, he would dress up mm. in his favorite Xbox, uh, costumes and mm. go do a bunch of interviews, you know, as the master the chief. He, I don't think he did that. That sounds wrong. <laughs> that doesn't sound like something that Phil would that do. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. I kind, I kind of want him to, you know. Just, <laughs> that would be uh, interesting. He's, a, he, he's just a different, a different ha- Halo. Like, oh, here's the Master Chief. Now he's the, uh, you know, now he's he's fa- Not, fa- yeah. Fable person. I don't fa- fa- Fable <laughs> Fable character because you build your own character in that. So that'd be wild. Um, <laughs> that all being said, Chris, what have you been up to this week? Oh man. Um, it's a great question. Like not a lot. Um, the, uh, oh, also, uh, two weeks ago, if you listened to the podcast last week, it was, uh, designed to throw you off because <laughs> we did not record it last week. And, um, the things we were talking about happened the week before. So it's actually been two weeks since you and I have talked. So yeah. the, only, the only thing I'll talk about, John, is because um, I haven't I haven't really been. It's just life has been wild and crazy. It usually is around you know October through December is just usually nuts uh, with like Halloween parties, and then we get into like you know uh, the holidays and Thanksgiving, then Christmas and a bunch of stuff around that, and then the New Year's. And basically, it's not it doesn't you know calm down again until sometime in January. So um, we're in the middle of that, but. Two weeks ago, John, I was in Las Vegas for um, for the first time ever. Did I talk? I didn't talk about this. No. Did, no, no, no. No. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I will highlight two things. One, uh, I went to see uh, the Beatles Love Cirque du Soleil show, and uh, it was uh, fantastic. It's That's a, awesome. I've, want, I've wanted to see that since uh, there was a point, and I think you were there. I, I like so when we were we were when we were in college back in. Um, it would have been 2007. Uh, I remember being in one of the recording studios at, uh, at MTSU and, uh, in, in the, I think it was studio a had the 5.1 sound sound setup. What was a and B? I don't think B did. I like C did. No. Yeah. C like that weird, like. Uh, lecture hall. Yeah. (laughs) Like that one had surround sound. And I think that was studio. What was that? Because C was the know. one that was all the way across oh, the, the right. campus in the basement. I don't know. Was that uh, that wasn't D or E? <sighs> F. And that's the only letter that's. <laughs> 
for that's film. The next letter. <laughs> oh, I think it was actually because there was like a big screen in there. Yeah, that's where all the film students did their studio like film F. edits and stuff. Yeah. So Studio F had surround sound and Studio A had surround sound, and then uh, and and someone had um, the 5.1 mix of the Beatles' Love soundtrack from the Cirque du Soleil show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I remember sitting there and listening to it. And you know I, I'm a huge Beatles fan. Just love all their songs, and uh, it was it was a it was a an experience and a magical um, uh, experience um, listening to that soundtrack in 5.1. And yeah. uh, and so I, I remembered that, and like literally, like ever since then, I've like I want to go see that show. I want to go see that show, but it's just never been to Vegas, and never made it happen. So whenever we decided we were going to Vegas, I was like, I have to get tickets to this show. Like I've waited for 15 years to go see this, which is in and of itself is crazy, John. Like as, as I've gotten older, you know, it's funny the things that you're, that you like, you know, have thought for years that you've wanted to do and then literally get to do them 15 years later. I'm like, that's, that's ridiculous. Like how long it takes to do things sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but also like at the same time, like just like Vegas shows, are, are like good ones, like really like good ones will stay for a really long time, like Broadway shows, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, that's nice, but also like, they're not permanent, you know? Right. It's like, yeah. Like, it could go away anytime. Yeah. Like, like it's, what was like, like Elton John had his, like his, his red piano, uh, thing there. And then Elton John also had his like golden piano thing, um, that he did. And I don't like it, like at some point that that like ended and like whenever I, we went, like to to Vegas like back in 2017 it had like just ended like the the month before like we uh we we went um that that show had like ended and it was like oh man bummer we obviously got to see like Elton play on his uh, farewell tour like uh, yeah, you know which was awesome amazing but uh but yeah like it's those shows don't last forever yeah. and um like even like the Cirque du Soleil ones like will update or change or like whatever um they, they will they will you know shift things around like oh the the Cirque du Soleil ones in particular are very permanent, like because they like install like the theaters are designed specifically for that show. You know, yeah, it's not well, just like a stage and like yeah. you play for the, a lot of their stuff. It's like we built an aquarium in this one, you know, <laughs> or whatever. So yeah, well, I'm I'm sure that even this one has changed over time because like they're doing um, a ton of like projection mapping with it cool. on. On the floor and on the like the the big like they have these big gigantic kind of sheer um, sheets that they pull across um, the sheets like that stuff that they could have done back then but like there wasn't a ton of projection mapping happening like it was just kind of starting to happen and come on the scene back in two thousand seven right and so like I honestly think that this has probably changed a little bit over time yeah um, yeah that's cool that, and that's a, that's a that's a really interesting technology as well that like yeah you're right was not prevalent at all i remember whenever uh whenever disney world did their projection mapping on the, uh, on yeah. the castle for the first time and it was just like oh my goodness this is like revolutionary like uh, stuff and now it's just like now it's kind of everywhere and and uh and, and everything, but it, it is, it is very cool. Um, and so like, yeah, you can't, I can't imagine that whenever this started way back in the day that it would have been like, Hey, here's the very first progression, you know, projection mapping <laughs> right? ever. So, um, that was really cool. Like, and, and to your point, like, I don't know, I don't I actually don't know if that show is going to be around for, uh, much longer. So it's, it's in the Mirage, uh, hotel and casino. And that just recently got sold to hard rock. So they're going to, 
tear it down and um, build a new hard rock uh, hotel. I didn't didn't know all that. So like the they have the they have a it's it's not as cool as the fountains outside the Bellagio, but it's they have this like um, rock kind of fountain thing that they that they call the volcano. And there's like on the, every fifteen minutes or something, or no, every hour. That's what it was. Every hour, there's like this volcano show with pyro and stuff like that out there. But the, like all that will get torn down. I don't know. Like the the theater that the love show is in is attached to the the hotel casino. No idea if that will get torn down as well. But I can't imagine that while they're building a whole new hotel that they're gonna yeah like keep that open. But even just so, the construction noise, you know. Right. Exactly. So I, uh, you know, I, I'm just glad that I got to see it and yeah. it was great. I, I mean, I'd see it again, but it was it was fantastic. It was uh, really really cool. Is there for 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 anybody who has a uh, who has a five point one um, like setup? Get the five point one stuff. Like get get that like those that the, yeah. the Blu Ray or whatever. Like it's worth yep. it if you're Beatles if you like Beatles music. It is they remix all the songs. Like as in like the transitions are all like they're like mashed together and they like fade in and out of it's it's it is magical. Uh, from yeah. a from a auditory standpoint, just alone. Um, do you know if they have like a, a uh, an Atmos version of that? I don't know. I actually don't know. I I saw like I, I I didn't do any investigation, so I didn't pick any of these either one of these up. But like I know in the shop afterwards, like they were there was like a some kind of Blu-ray like thing. So I don't know if it was just the soundtrack mix mm-hmm. or if it was like an actual like DVD or sorry, recording of the performance. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, actually I guess I could look online, but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm just curious. Cause like at, at most, like while it's not like it, 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 that is the, the closest to surround sound that like you can get at, like with just a headphones. Um, and it's, and it's not always exactly perfect. Cause like they, they, uh, basically use the average di- like, uh, head size and ear width and ear shape and things like that. They use like whatever the most, like, this is like an amalgamation of as many head scans as we could do. We've, you know, encoded all this to sound like, uh, a 7.4 mix, um, or maybe no, no, it's 9.1 point, no, 9.2.4. Um, mix for that person's head and so for, for just a standard like just average you know person's head um, and so like if that exists for this I would say like everyone should just like get this because the stereo mixes are good uh, but you do miss a little bit of like the flying around your head like you know the different like oh yeah there goes you know there there goes George playing his guitar part you know and he's flying by or whatever at, in some of the moments um so yeah like uh if if there was an atmos version of it i would be like man i need to need to listen to that first of all and then second of all i would be like everyone should listen to that so it looks like there's a i'm, I'm looking on amazon right now it looks like no this is not even amazon this is something else it looks like this is i don't even know if this is in print anymore but it looks like there was at one time and it, you can get it online different places a uh, DVD A, which was the one that we listened to. So that's yeah. the DVD A and CD. So that's the 5.1 surround sound. So it's cool. not Dolby. This looks like it was probably, this doesn't look recent. So I don't think they've probably done a new mix of it. Cool. Although it does look like there's a vinyl record of the soundtrack, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So I know that's not surround sound, but no, but it is, it's a cool, like, <laughs> it's a cool format. Um, yeah. And also, like, I feel like 
it might, you know, it would it it would be interesting to hear that because a lot of times, like uh, vinyls, like whenever they remaster things for vinyls, like the the compression is less like aggressive yeah. and sort of thing. So it's really interesting. Um, but everybody should listen to it. Uh, even if you only have like stereo headphones, listen to the, and you like the Beatles, listen to the, the love, uh, search a soundtrack. Um, that's awesome, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad that you saw it. And, yeah. uh, and yeah, that's, that's amazing. But yeah, so that's the, and then i um, the other thing I was going to, I saw the reason we went, Oh, well actually I'll talk about this. Um, so the reason we went out there was for uh, the When We Were Young Festival, which is a big pop punk festival. I won't talk about that. I'll talk about that later. The other thing we, we went and did, which was really cool, and I did not get to spend enough time at, John, was this place called um, Omega Mart. And it was a it's, – it's a ticketed um, – I'm going to try real hard to describe this. It's a ticketed – I guess I would call it an art installation inside a place called Area 15 there. Um, there are several other like places you can go and it's like, you know, like VR, some kind of VR installation there. There's like a magician thing. Okay. So picture you walk into this place. It is a grocery store called Omega Mart and there are products on the shelves and you can buy cleaner. You can buy, you can, whatever these products are, bubble gum, all this kind of stuff. But then you start like, if you look at them closer, John, they're a little off. They're not like, they're like. They're weird. It's like, oh, this uh, um, this bubble gum isn't actually bubble gum. It's actually nail files, or um, I don't even know how to describe it. Just, just like things aren't 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 exactly how you would think they would be. And then as you explore, kind of like in the back of the store, uh, there are different places where, like, you maybe if you open up the uh, the door to one of the soda like where the sodas would be like in the refrigeration section you open it up and you can enter walk through it and get to the back side of the of the store and inside it's this very like spaceship like alien planet-esque <laughs> psychedelic kind of thing happening back there with like you like you crawl up this like this rock formation and end up in the top floor of a spacecraft kind of thing. Yeah, so it's like a weird fun house. It's like a weird fun house. Okay, but then layer on, John. So like, there's the so then the in the weird fun house, there's like cool rooms where like you would expect to see like maybe the sure. science center where like one of what there's a room where like okay there's a a light that flashes real bright and it's like taking your picture and then your your image like the the your the shadow of your image just kind of like hits hits the it's projected yeah, yeah. on the the walls and slowly fades and then it and then it will like get faster and if you dance faster it'll start going faster and it turns into a dance party um or uh if you're in another room um it might like have like this little thing where you're dealing with frequency and um kind of like a theremin kind of deal okay so you have all the you have those kinds of like activity rooms but then layer on again on top of that a mystery um, where you start, if you, if you like go to some places, there's like these like security camera videos you can watch and it basically turns into this gigantic, almost escape game level mystery cool. that you have to unravel and story you have to unravel about what the heck is going on in this grocery store and why, why is there like, I'm just going to tease like, you know, like there's this, 
a black hole and people disappearing and like where did they go and like you, there's this like whole storyline human people or like people who were like characters in like you characters know. in the storyline but okay. then there's also okay. like there's also actors uh walking around uh dressed as either um scientists or like these weird plant people and um you know you can listen to their dialogue and kind of like you help try to unravel the story or like they'll say something that's actually a code to a door on the other side of the the um complex very it's, cool we, we did not have enough to, we were there for like two hours and we barely scratched the surface of it like uh, very so, cool. we, so we did some like research afterwards like it you need to spend like a minimum of like four hours there to like just kind of like figure out the storyline. Now, do they so, serve food there? Like, is there are there like restaurants? Like, is or like are you just like in this place for four hours? So in the complex there are. So like you know okay. like the grocery store there's no food, but like if you if you like go out like it's it kind of there's a there's different like act there's a I don't forget what they called it, but like this um, kind of like uh, hanging thing where you can go around on the ceiling of the of the like the building, the complex that it's in. And so there's other restaurants and stuff like that. And cool. there's so like, so like, yeah, you're you, not just like, you're not just like, no. Oh my goodness. Like there's no way you could do it in one visit. Like you could go there no. like all day and then just like chill yeah. out, like go and, eat at some point and that sort of thing. And that's, that's cool. That's cool. And there's different, I and mean, I still really enjoyed myself. Like there was still, I mean, it was awesome. Uh, there was still like, you still appreciate it for what it is, whatever experience level you right, get with it. Right. Like it's still really cool. Yeah. There's it's a minute like, to minute fun, but then yes. there's like this overall, like, you know, yes. like overall, like meta game a little bit, you know? Yeah. And um, I like knowing that I'm like, I want to go back and yeah, like follow cool. the whole storyline. I looked like online and I didn't look at it for any spoilers, but apparently there's like three different endings to the story you can cool. possibly find. And like the, apparently there's a whole different like area that, we didn't even get into or something like that because Fun. I mean, we just didn't find it and get the code or whatever. Like it, it was cool, dude. Like I'm That's like, really cool. and, and apparently there are, um, I think there, uh, it was either three or four. I think there's three other locations by the same artist who developed that. And there's like one in Salt Lake city or no one in Denver, one in, um, uh, somewhere in New Mexico and one in like Kansas city. Oddly enough, so like Very it makes cool. me want to want to visit these other things. That, yeah, yeah, travel. That he's also travel, done. Hit yeah, him, you know, um, yeah. that's super interesting. As somebody who is not a f like, I'm not a fan of like horror or anything like that. But like the the it was, yeah, it's not horror. But like the the uh, the vibe of it feels like okay, it's like an escape room mixed with like a haunted house, like where there's like performers doing performances. Because like I always think about like uh, Halloween Horror Nights down at like Universal or whatever. Like they're they're like different um, you know houses or like areas. Like they have like it's a similar thing where it's like they go through like the story or like a a branch off story of like Saw or of like uh, mm. Halloween movies or like yeah. whatever. Right. And, but it's like, because I'm not like a horror person, you know, yeah. I'm just, I, it's one of those things where I'm just like, not ever going to like do that type of thing. Um, yeah. but this would be more your speed. This, this is more is like, you it. know, weird, you know, if you think like weird, uh, Star Trek next generation kind of like, I dig, you it. know, you know, all of a sudden someone turns into a plant person. You're like, what the heck's going on? Like, that's the kind of level of like it. weirdness. It's great. And it's, it's great. very, very sci-fi. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing, you know. It's, and and uh, and I, I also like the fact that there's like a minute to minute fun, where it's yeah. like, okay, yeah, there's like a, there's like this, you know, the miniature fun within each room and that sort of thing. But then uh, having that overall like uh, storyline or like things like that, that that's the uh, 
that is a like adds on top just another layer of like oh man this is this is super fun so yeah i think the way that i would want to do it is like okay i'm just gonna treat this like a an amusement park go there spend all day there eat the food you know take the breaks every once in a while you know whatever and then just uh and see what you see (laughs) try to figure it out yeah cool dude that's awesome what was that called again it was called omega mart okay and are they called Omega Marts in other the other locations, or no. are they different? No, so Omega Marts. No, it's different things. It's okay. not the same thing. And, and I don't even know that they're like you know sci-fi. Even they might be something else. I don't know. I didn't do too much digging because I was like, okay, I liked that enough that I kind of just if I go to these other places, mm-hmm. I want to just be surprised by yeah, it. Yeah, you want to like just like oh, let me just go to experience it. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. Well, that's awesome. Uh, what have you been up to? This week. Um, well, the only thing that I'm going to talk about th- today, like, so I, there's a few things. Obviously, been keeping up with Andor. Chris, have you watched Andor? No. Andor I, is dude, I, so. I told you, I haven't good. done anything, man. We're getting close to the. Uh, we're, we're so we are nine episodes into the twelve episode season, and it is fantastic. Still, like, I I am every episode. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I'm so glad this exists. <laughs> um, so Andor. But uh, finished up uh, She-Hulk. It's really good. I enjoyed it. It's a comedy. It's very fun. Um, new Apex Legends season. Been doing that. But the big thing that I've been doing, Chris, mm. is a new game. Well, it's new, but it's been in early access for a long time, apparently. Um, it's a new game on mobile devices called Marvel Snap. Oh. And uh, so this is a game. It's free to play. Everybody should play it. The uh, It is a card game. From one of the lead designers of Hearthstone, and it is uh, Marvel characters, and it's kind of like a a, a, a there's the it, it's a short round like so you know how Hearthstone like sometimes you would be like waiting around and like the, the, those matches would take you know a decent amount of time they were not like excessive but like they would take some time. Um, these are short, like it's like they're five minute long matches and you kind of have like a a deck of like 10 cards that you, uh, are working with and all of those cards are free if you like, as you upgrade things and as you go, you know, progress, um, none of the pay for things are gameplay related. They're pretty much all just, uh, cosmetic, which is really cool and really interesting. So it's not like they're, they're gating behind, um, a paywall like you know the best cards or like with Hearthstone like initially I, I was like super into it but then I got in right before like an expansion or whatever came out and then just the meta completely changed and I was like ah I don't want to relearn the meta for this um, whereas these it feels like very much like a uh, like hey this is a a like what you know we're not gonna gate behind a pay- big paywall just content uh and that sort of thing we're gonna gate behind it like cosmetics you can get like pixel versions of the different characters like there's like a pixel version of wolverine if you wanted to, to get that or there's like in the battle pass there's a different version of miles morales and a different version of spider woman so like there's like all these uh all these cosmetic kind of things that you can get within the game the moment to moment of the game is really fun it is very addicting and uh and because because it's so short because you're you're playing cards and into three locations across the middle and the locations will have modifiers in them. Like, and they're, Hey, like I was, I've been surprised about how wild some of those modifiers get. Like, so the, the, the game is six turns long and occasionally you'll get a modifier in the three like locations that you can play your cards in the three columns. Um, you'll get a, a modifier that'll be like, 
hey, the game ends after turn four. <laughs> and so now that game is only four turns long. Or, hey, there's an extra turn on this game. So now you have seven turns. Um, and as you kind of go through the turns, your cards, you can play more and more powerful cards. Like, so on the sixth turn, you can play a really powerful card, but that you couldn't have played before. Um, and so everything comes down to like those modifiers, playing those modifiers, and kind of like working out what you think your opponent is going to do because you're both playing the cards at the same time simultaneously, um, which is another difference to Hearthstone. Like, Hearthstone. Uh, was always like hey i'm gonna play my cards and then they do their thing and then this other person has a t time to play their cards and it does their there's no waiting around in this like you're kind of just playing cards at the same time that they are so there's like a bluffing and a um like a almost like a, a poker style um mechanic to it where you're kind of like trying to read what they're doing and what you're doing as well um the snap portion of it comes in where at the end of the game, so if you make it to, you can retreat at any time. You can be like, hey, no, I'm, I've lost, I'm out. You can retreat mm. at any time. Um, and that's, you know, it costs you like, so a rank. So as you pr progress, like you're ranking up all the way up to 100 for each season, I guess. I, I assume that's per season. Um, and there's different like rewards as you go up in rank. So if you retreat or if you lose, you lose like one of those points. But if you uh, win, you can get like you get one point. And so if you snap, if you like, there's all there's a, an option up at the top to like to where it's a snap, and you snap, and it doubles the next turn. It doubles how much the the uh, the match is worth up to eight. And so you can, if you're like really confident in your hand, you can be like, I'm gonna snap this, and you snap. And then if the person decides like, okay, I wanna I wanna see how this plays out because I'm also really confident they can play and then it's like it's the it's more valuable and uh and so you can kind of you know bluff your way into certain situations where people will retreat even though you know that you don't have the cards but you're ahead at the moment um and then there's the other other side of that where it's like sometimes you you know both have really good hands and you just end up where it's like this is worth eight <laughs> eight of your uh of your progression your ranked progression um, and you just see how it plays out. So it's a, uh, it's very fun. I, I encourage everyone to check it out. If you, uh, if you have a mobile device that will play it because it's, uh, I played through the first, the, the first, uh, chunk of it. There's like a recruit, uh, season where you get, you know, they, they introduce the different mechanics and they, it, I think you're playing against AI at that point. Um, and it's, it like kind of onboards you super well into the, uh, into the main game. So Marvel snap, nice. Chris, it's, it's a, That's it's awesome. a blast. I just downloaded it. I'll have to uh, to check it out. You, I think you will love it. Like, because like I liked Hearthstone, and like, it, and this has like a lot of a lot of those similar vibes, but on a on a on a smaller and more I feel like more accessible level. Well, yeah, and that's the, I mean that was always the thing with Hearthstone for me too. That I, I think we've talked about you know, or I've talked about on previous episodes of like, like it's when yeah the I like I just wanted to keep my I I I fought like long and hard and you know like played a lot of games and spent money on like getting some good decks and good cards and good builds. And I'm okay if the meta changes a little bit, but I, what I didn't love was like basically being locked out of all my cards. Like even if they came back, like they rotated mm. them back in, in seasons or something like yeah. that. Like a, instead of just basically archiving entire uh, decks and expansions and even some core cards, you know, like that, it just kind of like, well, there's all my, so my, uh, all my progress which i mean i i get because you know you think about like games like 
Call of Duty, um, you know, uh, when a new game comes out, you start over with new guns and sure. new builds. And But, like, I'm not spending – well, I guess I am spending money on it. I don't Sometimes. know. You know, <laughs> Yeah, like – I it's just it's just different you yeah. know it just feels a little bit different whenever it's like okay so for example with Call of Duty I got back in and they changed how powerful one of the guns that I I had like I had paid for like a really awesome skin on um, and I and I was like super bummed that now I basically couldn't use that gun <laughs> you know and like mm -hmm. it's a similar thing with Hearthstone um, this game like so the things that I, I enjoy about like the Marvel-esqueness of it, like the different cards that are different characters, like their their abilities very much play into the characters. So like for example, like Squirrel Girl. Um, whenever you play her card, she brings uh, a squirrel to ev all the other locations. And so it's like, it, and so you have like, she plays one, you play one card and it is actually three cards. And, uh, and then, you know, like, so Carnage uh, will eat other cards and devour their power to combine them into one card. And like that, and so like you can like stack up all these like, a bunch of squirrels and a bunch of rocks and stuff like that into into a uh, a location and then play your carnage card and then he just gets super powerful because he eats all the squirrels <laughs> and so it's just very, very much uh, and in all the animations like of the cards like you know hitting the other cards and eating the other cards are uh, are 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 fantastic just like you would expect with like a Hearthstone type of a game. Um, and so, like all those characters, like they play into what those characters do in the comics, and and, and uh, the art is fantastic, and there are variants that are uh, that are also really good. And as you kind of progress, you can get different variants and things like that too. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I I've, I'm very much enjoying it. It's also a game like it's like okay. I'm just like have five minutes to wait some yeah, at some point, and it's like I'm, I'm exporting something on my computer. It's like okay, I'm just gonna play a match, you know, <laughs> and it's over after five minutes, and it's like okay, great. Nice. So it's you know, it's a very very bite sized, very fun, very fun game. Well, That's Chris, awesome. I mm. think that that means it's time for the news. The news, the news John. All right, so um. Let's start with uh, this is uh, some news um, from and so all of this I pulled from uh, IGN. I'll tell you who it's written by. This is written by uh, Ryan Dinsdale. But this is an article titled "Microsoft loses between $100 and $200 on every Xbox sold." Xbox boss Phil Spencer has said Microsoft loses between $100 and $200 on every Xbox Series X and S sold, as reported by CNBC. And spotted by Eurogamer, Spencer said at Wall Street Journal Live that Microsoft subsidizes the cost of its Xbox consoles with the expectation that people will spend money on its profitable add-on products later. Losing $100 to $200 per console is a fairly significant amount given the Xbox Series X retails for $499 and the Xbox Series S retails for $299. But consumers then purchasing additional controllers, headsets, games, and subscription services like Xbox Live and Game Pass is seemingly enough to justify the hit on day one. Spencer has admitted that Xbox can't maintain these console prices forever, though, and its main competitor in Sony has already raised their price, the price of the PlayStation 5 in Europe, UK, Middle East, Africa, Asia, Latin America, and Canada. Everywhere except Quote, for the U.S. Yeah. Quote, I do think at some point we'll have to raise the prices on certain things, but going into this holiday, we thought it was important to maintain the prices, end quote. That's not enough. That was from Spencer. Yeah. Uh, that's... Not to say there are currently plans or timings in place to increase the prices, however, at least for consoles. As Spencer said in September that Microsoft currently has no plans to increase the price of the Xbox Series X or S. It's pretty wild, John, especially since I'm pretty sure that, like, 
maybe not a year ago, but at least two years ago, um, there were, I'm pretty sure someone asked him and my, uh, Phil had said that they weren't selling the Xbox at a loss. Yeah, and like I, I do remember that it was near the launch of of the new generation. Um, whenever Sony had talked about how they weren't selling it at a loss, like they were, you know, this was another console where they weren't selling it at a loss. And you know, I think somebody asked Phil, like, "Oh, you're you guys," and he's like, "No, we're we're not selling them at a loss." And so, yeah, like the question is, is has the like has the supply chain? gotten to the point where like they are now selling them at a loss because of like the supply chain like with uh with the the superconductors and all of that whole shortage thing um like i guess it's it's just gotten more expensive you know i mean it probably i mean it yeah it, it probably has a lot to do with inflation um and and not only like because we're seeing that across all industries right now. Yeah, and um, in every country, you know, it's like and and, and and this and you know any co- increased costs with supply chain, increased costs with uh, manufacturing. I mean, uh, I know like we're still dealing with you know shortages of of uh, materials you need to make these consoles and other 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 electronics, and so um, and and you think about like the the fact that I, I remember seeing an article toward the beginning of the year at some point and it was like even showing like the the price of the consoles then versus like prices of consoles 20 years ago they haven't largely changed which means like adjusted for inflation the consoles 20 years ago used to be wildly expensive and so it's hard to it's hard to imagine that they can keep these prices uh the same you know forever yeah, and I like I thinking about like whenever we, you know, bought the Dreamcast back in the day. Like that's the one that I remember paying like, you know, money for. Like like not not like it was like, oh yeah, we got you know, somebody bought this or whatever and giving it to you. It was like, okay, no, this is like the money that that we save up and we pay for this, right? <laughs> like and that was like two hundred dollars. It was uh, you know, hundred and ninety nine bucks. And I think at the time like it was a, it was like a year or so into the Dreamcast and so it had a game with it. Um but it basically like that 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 is not you know drastically far off from like the especially not the Xbox uh, Series S, um, which I've had questions about before because it's like that's a super powerful box. They're selling it for a really really entry level price, and I don't know, man. That's yeah, adjusted for inflation, those prices like then were technically more expensive than the consoles are now relative to the value of a dollar, and so. Yeah, like it's a it, you you kind of do wonder like okay where where do they need to put this like or where are they going to put this because even at the time back in the day they would subsidize the cost uh, with you know of like oh yeah we'll probably sell you know we know we sell four games to each uh, each user and for every console sold and so we can sell the consoles at this much of a loss in order to make it up on the games um, obviously that didn't work out for people like Sega. Uh, all the time like if you didn't you know didn't get enough of a a user base right off the bat like that just wouldn't work out um but yeah you got game pass these days which you know we just found out from one of the one of the things in the regulatory uh agencies that they're going around like uh, where it's like oh yeah in order for activision and and microsoft to merge in our specific region we got to have these regulatory agencies uh look at them to make sure we don't need you know them to spin off the company somehow like you know like tiktok or whatever 
Um, and so in Brazil, I believe it was, they revealed that like in the, those proceedings, it was revealed that like Game Pass makes so much money per year um, for Microsoft, which is which is amazing in that like you know from a consumer perspective i've seen a lot of people talk about like how do they make money on this you know or whatever and it's like well clearly they are so if if that's like the the working where it's like hey let's just get consoles to the market and xbox has clearly been better about getting product uh you know into the united states at least um onto shelves where it's like oh those have been available far more frequently than the playstation 5 um, which is either a case of demand being lower for that box or just they're a, they were able to supply more units, which I think is actually like able to supply more units in the US. Um, and so if they're able to supply more units, they can just convert people into Game Pass and that sort of thing. So I don't know. It's it's a fascinating game to play whenever you're losing that much money per box. Um, do you like what what would your be your assumption? Do you think it's on like that's an average, or do you think that's on like both the Series S and the X? Like, do you think they're losing more on one of those boxes? Or yeah, yeah. I think, think they're. Yeah, I, th- no, I think they're. Well, because they they're kind of they're saying like that. I think it's two hundred dollars on the 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 X and probably 100 on the S interesting man. Cause you got hard, bigger hard drives and it's faster and you got like yeah. the graphics card is different. Like there's wildly different costs in the, in the X. Yeah. And I do remember whenever the X was announced or whatever it was like, there was a, I think it was um, digital foundry did a, how much would it cost to build a PC with the same specs as the Xbox series X? And it was actually like the Xbox series X is a deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's that. Um, so uh, we'll let you know if they increase that price. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, we've been talking a lot about um, the the ongoing drama with uh, Microsoft acquiring Activision. Will Call of Duty be on different platforms? Phil Spencer, Call of Duty will continue to ship on PlayStation as long as there's a PlayStation to ship to. Spencer promises continued PlayStation support amid biggest PSN launch ever for Modern Warfare 2. Uh, this is written by George Yang. Xbox Phil Spencer said that should Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard go through, the company will continue to ship Call of Duty on PlayStation as long as there are PlayStation consoles out to ship to. On the same Brain YouTube channel, Spencer said, we're not, quote, we're not taking Call of Duty from PlayStation. That's not our intent. Our intent is not to do that. And as long as there's a PlayStation out there to ship to, our intent is that we'll continue to ship Call of Duty to PlayStation. Similar to what we've done with Minecraft since we owned that, end quote. He goes on to reiterate how Microsoft has kept Minecraft available on other platforms and the Xbox can do the same for Call of Duty over the next few years. Spencer also notes that players have invested a lot of time into their respective console ecosystems and that the most notable change is that more games will be coming to Game Pass. Spencer has also said he'd like to see the series on a Nintendo Switch. Elsewhere, PlayStation revealed earlier today that the recent launch of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 was the biggest Sony PlayStation store launch ever for a game in the franchise, including pre-orders and day one sales. While Spencer reiterates his intent on keeping Call of Duty on Sony's platform, PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan revealed earlier this year that Microsoft only offered three additional years for the franchise to stay on PlayStation after existing agreements expire. Currently, the acquisition is being held up by the UK Competition and Markets Authority, as well as in the city of New York and the U.S. Justice Department, in particular the UK Competition Watchdog, has recently stated started asking for the public's opinion on the matter. In Brazil, the acquisition has already been approved, stating that its goal is to protect the consumer, not the place, not PlayStation's own interests. 
to me, like, um, I really think the crux of the matter was probably like and is PlayStation's exclusive agreements. And this is, I think there there may be some have been some posturing back and forth to try to land at an uh, a deal in between yeah. what both companies were kind of positioning for. At least from Microsoft's perspective, yeah. I mean, Sony obviously like it helps them that they have exclusive maps, and um, you know, like the betas happen on PlayStation right now before uh, Xbox. I mean, that kind of stuff, you know, has positioned it as the ever since ever since the PlayStation Four launched as the um, the place to play Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like that. This kind of puts to rest some of the like the the questions that people have because like they were they've always been super vague about it like oh yeah you know for the you know we're we have no plans to remove it from from playstation it's like well that's not a you know that's not like we will never you know and then like whenever they're like oh no the deal was three three next the next three call of duties it's like that's only three years and it's like okay well what does that mean and then they kind of have the back and forth and this is like the first time that like xbox has literally just been like guys we're not going to take it off ever. As long as there's a console, we're not going to take it off of there. Um, and so like, I'm happy that we're at this point and that we've stopped trying to like back and forth, you know, negotiate or whatever was going on behind the scenes. Um, these deals, because like as a consumer, it's just gotten like super frustrating to be like, well, is this a thing or is it not? You know, what, a what, like this is the, the, the conversation should be about like the game rather than like, yeah, but are, like, is Microsoft doing X or is PlayStation doing Y? You know, it's, so I I do think that this will eventually like mean that like, hey, it'll be fine, it'll go through and everything. It's and again, like it's maybe if it doesn't go through in every region, maybe it doesn't go through in every region, but you know, it it'll be fine. Like I I think this this is a situation where. PlayStation gamers will still have uh, Call of Duty on there, and they'll, you know, obviously you'll be paying, you know, full price for that if you're a PlayStation uh, player. But like, you'll have it; it uh, it's it's there for uh, for access, just like it always has been. And then on Xbox, it's like, okay, yeah, you can pay full price for it, just like usual, or Game Pass and just have access to it via your subscription. Um, so yeah, I think I think this kind of puts to rest a lot of the back and forth that we've had and we've seen. Um, from the two companies. So I'm, I'm happy to be at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, the next thing that I have two more that I want to talk about, I think, Oh no, let's, let's keep it going with Xbox. So Phil Spencer also, um, this is an article by Ryan Dinsdale, um, uh, titled Phil Spencer admits it's been too long since Xbox had a major first party exclusive. Xbox boss Phil Spencer has been it's been too long since a major first party exclusive game landed on the Xbox Series X and S. Speaking to Same Brain on YouTube, Spencer said he understands why players are frustrated at the lack of major Xbox only games, with last year's Halo Infinite arguably being the most recent, but noted that 2023 is set to be a big year for the company. Quote, one thing we've definitely heard loud and clear is that it's been too long since we've shipped what people would say is a big first party game. We could have our excuses on COVID and other things, but in the end, I know people invest in our platform and they have one they want to have great games. End quote. Um, side note: I feel like we've been saying this for the entire Dude. like length of Xbox One. Next year will be great. <laughs> we've been saying that since the beginning, and I don't know what all these I don't know what all these studios are, oh, are doing. 
Yeah, and it was it was even before it was before the pandemic started. Like it's be, John, it's, it's before it's since the last console. Yeah, it's been since the Xbox One. <laughs> yeah. It's next year so, we're gonna have so many games. And then so the next weird. year happens and it's like, where are the games? <laughs> we have two. Um and this year so, have we even had one? I don't even know. <laughs> I I don't think so. No. Have we? No, I don't think so. Um <sighs> He continued, we're excited about 2023. Quote, we've, we're excited about 2023. We've talked about games that are coming. Those games are tracking well, getting our first real Xbox first-party games out of Bethesda. Having them ship Redfall and Starfield will be a lot of fun, end quote. Forza Motorsport 8 is also expected to be released in spring 2023, adding to the Xbox's lineup for the year and returning to the simulator-based series for the first time since 2017. Yeah, the current that lack was of supposed to come party, out like three years ago, too. <laughs> yeah. The current lack of first-party games, however, was noted in particular after the delay of the aforementioned Starfield, the massive space, space RPG from the studio behind Skyrim and Fallout, which was pushed back alongside Arcane's open-world shooter Redfall. While Xbox does have some console exclusives this holiday period, such as the foul-mouthed talking weapon shooter High on Life, it's perhaps missing a blockbuster title to complete, compete with the likes of PlayStation's God of War Ragnarok and Nintendo's Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. we we were gonna have uh, we were gonna have Starfield on eleven eleven, right? So that was like next week. God of War is coming out like on the eighth or something like that. So it's like we would have had like these two big exclusives go head to head, but you know, I mean, Sony's not not uh, not uh, foreign. Like it's not foreign for them to like delay games. Like they delayed uh, God of War, but like they have had a big game every year. Um, at least one, and uh, it, since like I think year two of the the PS4. So I don't know, man. It's yeah, it, the the Xbox like the whole like oh Xbox doesn't have games. It's like okay, well they may have like they have games, but they don't like. They, it seems like this is always happening where it's like oh it's no next year's the big year. Next year's the big year, and uh, and then whenever the big year arrives, it's like no 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 next year's the big year. Um, we do have Pentiment. Like that one was a uh, like kind of a smaller game from uh, I think Obsidian. Um, it's that one where you're like it's like a side scrolling kind of hand drawn running around like uh, as a monk or something like that. I I I was very interested in it whenever it, uh, the trailer debuted. Um, but that comes out in a couple weeks. But um, yeah, it's I I'll be excited whenever it's actually the year where we get all of the games, Chris. Oh, totally. All right, so the next couple of uh, of, of uh, news pieces, we actually have more news than I thought we did, um, are, are about EA and, and revolve around that. So um, uh, Marvel and EA signed three-game deals starting with Iron Man. This is from Ryan Dinsdale. Uh, Marvel has entered an agreement with FIFA and Battlefield publisher EA to make at least three action-adventure video games based on the Marvel comics. As reported by Bloomberg, this deal will begin with the previously announced Iron Man game from EA Motive, with all three games coming to consoles and PC. Though details about what's coming after Iron Man are still thin, each game will feature its own original story set in the Marvel Universe. Perhaps more known for its sports or traditional shooter games, EA is looking to increase its offerings with a Marvel deal. Quote, we have an intentional, deliberate strategy to have a balanced portfolio. There will be Marvel fans who don't play other EA games, said Chief Operating Officer Laura Mile. It's unclear if the second and third game will be centered on different Marvel characters like the Hulk or Thor, if there will be follow-ups to the Iron Man game, similar to what Insomniac did with Spider-Man, its spin-off Miles Morales and upcoming sequel. 
Nothing about a release schedule or single versus multiplayer focus was mentioned either, though we do, do know that EA Motive's Iron Man is a single-player action-adventure game. EA Motive is the developer behind the upcoming Dead Space remake and has previously worked on the likes of Star Wars Squadrons and Star Wars Battlefront 2, but we'll just have to wait and see which other studios are involved with the remaining two Marvel projects. Yeah, I think Motive did the story first, Battlefront 2. Here's the problem, John, that I have with all this, and I'm so surprised that like Marvel is is entering into this deal other than, mm-hmm. I guess, maybe money, is the fact that, I mean, EA didn't do much with their Star Wars mm-hmm. license. We got Literally, one good game. Like, Star Wars and Disney like came in and then were like, basically took every, t- took the exclusivity away from EA because they didn't do very much. Um, whether or not that, that was because of the contract, like they were able to like, you know, get out of it somehow early or whether the contract was like the terms were different than we understood as, as you know, outsiders looking in, I don't know, but regardless, Disney has decided to like go a different direction, not use EA. Um, it is interesting because, like, okay, so EA had that game. The, it's a, it was a, a game that failed. Um, real big failure. Uh, it was a live service game, uh, but you were, it was basically like you were in an Iron Man suit um, fighting, like, aliens in, like, an Avatar-esque looking universe. What was that game? I never played it. Which one? It was like you were basically, like, in an Iron Man suit and uh, fighting bugs on some alien oh, planet. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 Anthem. Yes, and it failed hard. But everyone said that the best thing about that was that you felt like Iron Man. And so my my thought was like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Like, give your Iron Man property to a, a like a company that has the technology to make it feel like Iron Man. You know, <laughs> like, um, so like that makes sense. But it's the other two games where it's like, hmm, that feels like that feels like you're uh, investing somewhere where I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure you're like it's gonna get the payoff because like even Squadrons. I liked that game. It's a like the story was great. The story of uh, of Battlefront Two really good. I enjoyed a lot of the moments in there. Some really cool like Luke Skywalker moments in there as well. But like uh, as a whole, those games are like they aren't they aren't like held up as like man, this is like like the best the Star Wars has. Respawn did uh, the Jedi uh, Fallen Order. And the sequel is going to be like Jedi Survivor, and that game is held up as like, hey, that's an awesome game. But like, none of the other Star Wars games really had a big drop in the bucket, unless you were talking about like, unless you were just a big multiplayer um, Battlefront fan. I, it's it's just an odd move to me to like, especially to cite Star Wars as like, oh yeah, this they worked right, we're great with Star Wars, so we're gonna you know we're gonna put our faith in them for this. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it seems, seems yeah. strange to me. I agree. So here's the other side of this. Um, wait a minute. Where did it go? I had another, uh, um, Oh, here we go. Uh, this is an article from written by Adam Bankhurst. Uh, EA has reiterated that a game. The company is describing as a quote, major IP will be released before March 31st, 2023. And it, just may or may not be Star Wars Jedi Survivor. On page 10 of EA's quarter two financial year 2023 results slideshow, EA lists the games it is expecting to release before the end of its fiscal year 2023 on March 31st, 2023. While there are many games we've already learned about in its 
Q4 list, including the Dead Space remake, PGA Tour, Super Mega Baseball, and Wild Hearts, there is one game listed only as major IP that is quite notable. If we look at every EA game in development, Star Wars Jedi Survivor seems to be the best bet for what this mystery game may be. Hmm. Star Wars Jedi Survivor is the sequel to the 2019 Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and it was first announced Star Wars at Star Wars Celebration 2022 with the 2023 release window. Other EA games we know about are Dragon Age Dreadwolf, which has only just completed its alpha development milestone. The next Mass Effect, which is seemingly even further away. Yeah. EA's other two announced unannounced Marvel games, alongside its Iron Man game that is in early development, and two other unannounced games from Star Wars Jedi Survivor developer Respawn. Two yeah, other possibilities. A, Respawn has like a, a, a another game in the in the Titanfall universe, is yeah. the way that they phrased it. Two other possibilities could be Skate or the return of EA Sports College Football, but the former only reached pre alpha pre pre alpha in July. Yeah. 2022 and the latter may not make sense as we haven't learned any more about it and EA may want to make may want to time the release of the game with the start of the college football season in the fall obviously it could also be a game we have yet to learn about but with April only less than half a year away that gets less and less likely each and every day sure Fallout 4 did something like that but those types of releases are few and far between EA had previously confirmed that this major IP would be released in Q4 of its fiscal year 2023 back in May and it looks as though it is still planned to make it before that March 31st, 2023 end date. Or at least they want the stockholders to think that. Yeah. 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 Uh, but that would be awesome. I love uh, Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and uh, I'm totally down if we get the uh, uh, sequel sometime soon. Yeah. I think, like, basically what we're talking about there is, like, okay, well, it's going to be a respawn game. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's good. no matter what, like if it's Jedi Fallen Order or if it's like a Titanfall one that we don't know, because like basically Shadow dropped Apex back in the day. Um, like they 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 basically dropped that like two, they announced it two days before it actually like went live for folks. And so in, if they did something similar with something in that Titanfall universe, um, I wouldn't be surprised. But also like Jedi Fallen Order, it's been a long time since that game, and so they've had time. And and you figure like a lot of the a lot of the stuff inside of that game already exists like assets and, uh, and that sort of thing. Like they already exist in there. So, um, yeah, I, 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 my assumption is that it's Jedi fallen order. I'll be super surprised and also happy if it's something in the Titanfall universe. I have loved everything that, that respawn has done game wise. So I'm down no matter what it is. Yeah. All right, John, I think that's the news. That's the news. Except for this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the last piece of, of, of news that we're going to talk in is our main segment is uh, uh, based on an article written by Anthony Wood. Um, going to jump straight into it. The number of PlayStation Plus subscribers has fallen by almost 2 million since Sony launched its revamped subscription service in June. According to the company's latest financial report, Sony's multi-tiered PlayStation Plus subscription service has dropped from $47.3 million at the end of June f- to 454 in the three months leading up to September 30th, a decrease of 4%. Sony highlighted that the ratio of gamers subscribed to the service is significantly higher on the PS5 than for the previous generation PS4 console. In response, Sony leadership plans to accelerate the adoption of PS5 hardware to, quote, recover this user engagement going forward, end quote. The number of active users on the PlayStation Network also dropped by 1 million in the latest quarter to 1 
102 million players. Although its numbers dropped on the digital side, Sony still had a strong showing when it comes to PlayStation 5 hardware. The company announced it has sold more than 25 million units and was able to produce roughly 6.5 million new PS5s in the three months leading up to September 30th. Sony announced the revamp of its PlayStation Plus service in March as a subscription somewhat akin to Microsoft's Game Pass, but didn't compete, complete the rollout until June when the three new tiers arrived in Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. Though the essential tier is essentially the same as the original version of the PlayStation Plus, allowing users to play online and granting monthly games at no extra cost, the extra and premium tiers added brand new content. Both grant users access to a catalog of games from the PlayStation 4 and 5, including Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Dragon Quest XI, and Red Dead Redemption 2, while the premium tier also comes with a classic catalog that includes games from the original PlayStation through to the PS3. Uh, this is interesting, John, mainly because yeah. of that last fact that, that, that he pointed out, that, I mean, I, I didn't do anything to my subscription, I, and I have the same benefits I did before. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't really understand why they're losing users unless people are just not playing PlayStation anymore. So, yeah, so, like, within there, the the losses have all, like, mostly been, like, so they've been overwhelmingly on the PlayStation 4 platform. So, like, people who are, like, uh, not on the the most, the current version of, of the console or of the PlayStation platform. And so, they, them saying, like, okay, yeah, we gotta, we gotta get more, more supply out to the people who want demand, so that way they stay in the ecosystem. Um, so... This is one of those things where it's like I am curious how many of those people would just have just been unable to get a PlayStation Five, and so they just jump bailed, jump over to like they're like I'm not playing my PlayStation Four, or maybe even they were able to find a, a Xbox Series X or a Series S even, and uh, we're like, well, I can play a like the better looking versions of all my third party games on an Xbox platform right now if I just like I, you know if I go and look for it but or i can just hold out hope that i can get a playstation 5 and it'll become available for longer than an hour every you know or five minutes or whatever different retailers are have you know depending on the day have uh, i think the longest has been in uh, the ps5 i've seen in stock has been in stock for like four hours like and that's through PlayStation's uh, own like direct uh, store, so it's like PlayStation Five is like are just not available, and so if if people jump ship over to the other platform, that's a, a possibility, and they're just like, well, let me just like unsubscribe from PlayStation Plus for now because I'm not I'm not playing my PlayStation Four, I don't have a PlayStation Five, but I have the Series X, and I you know have Game Pass now. So maybe that's happening uh, to some extent um, because we have seen that the Xbox is selling way better this generation than last generation especially in competition with uh with sony um and both of those manufacturers have sold more this this generation than they sold last generation so like they're like the playstation 5 is a fast selling console it's the fastest selling playstation console and uh and it's it's selling really well so my thought is that this has got to be some sort of a of a of a people jumping over to, to Xbox or people just deciding like, man, I can't get the PlayStation five. I'm just going di- to, uh, you know, 
undo that until I can get my hands on a PlayStation 5. I'm not going to subscribe to uh, my PlayStation 4. Maybe they go to PC. Maybe they have a PC at their house. and like, I can just play on PC and the Game Pass PC or whatever. So I, I think there's a lot to be said for like generational transitions are off-ramps and on-ramps for all sorts of platforms. And this is the result of a generational transition that the people who are on the older generation are just getting left behind or are leaving their platform behind. So that's what it feels like to me whenever you say, Hey, the overwhelmingly it's all PlayStation four people and PlayStation five have actually increased in, you know, in uh, subscriptions. So I don't know. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I mean, I think, I think you're probably right. There is people just kind of falling off, which it's interesting we are starting to see more stock. It feels like at the PlayStation Five. I just don't understand yep. the the huge other than, like I don't understand why it's so hard for them to produce PlayStation Fives <laughs> when it feels like Microsoft is able to do uh, create enough PlayStation, sorry, uh, Xbox uh, Series Xs. Yeah, um, it I, makes me feel like it's artificial. It's. I think it's the supply chain. I think that because if they're taking that big of a hit. On because like for, for whenever the tra- the the seemed like the shortage of supplies like so the semiconductor shortage was worst right whenever the the consoles were launching right and so both consoles were su- like supply constrained for a really long time there for like a year or, or two um, but now it seems like Xbox has like been able to like pump more consoles into the uh, the marketplace and Sony has still really been been you know. Held back with theirs. My thought is, if it's that expensive, if it takes that big of a hit every time you sell a PlayStation or a, an Xbox or a uh, a Series S or Series X or whatever, if it takes that big of a hit, Microsoft has a way bigger bank. Uh, like they have, they have more money <laughs> from a, a company perspective, where they can take that hit to get more stock onto shelves, whereas Sony. It's, you know, PlayStation is one of the most profitable sections of the company of Sony. And so, because they make like TVs, they make all the consumer products and stuff like that. So, but PlayStation is one of the more, the larger sections of that company as a whole. Um, Whereas like with Microsoft, Xbox is 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 a smaller piece of Microsoft company as a whole. And it... So it seems like maybe it's if it, if it does cost them a lot of money to put these things on shelves, maybe that's why Sony has been like less willing to like put the money investment, you know, as, as much money investment as Microsoft to get these things onto shelves. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I I, I still th- I tend to think that it's it's more of a it's more of an artificial thing. Like, I mean. It, they benefit from people clamoring from it, but now, like, okay, well, now they're like, what was the quote? Let me see if I can find that again. Uh, they're going to accelerate the adoption of PS5 hardware, which all that means is like, they know there's people out there who want to buy it. All that means yeah. is making more consoles, you yeah. know? So if they, if they can accelerate it, then why, you know, like, that means they could have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all, if they are selling at a loss, all it takes is is uh, is a you know truckload of truckload of money, <laughs> right? 
Yeah, and uh, and it's like I, I do think like to a certain point, yeah, you benefit as a company whenever something, especially, is new. Like you think about like the Switch. Um, whenever the Switch was new, it was like so hard to find one, right? And like that benefited them at the time. Um, but then after a certain point, that stops benefiting the company because like you want to sell software. <laughs> And right. I think like now it's like, ooh, oops, you know, like we should should have put more investment into getting these things into the store shelves. Um, if it is getting more expensive to put them into store shelves, you would think that also you would rather spend less money overall, like to just get those them on now um, than it would be to spend more money on getting them onto shelves later. Um, so like, hey, it's a high initial investment, but it might actually cost less to do it now than to delay and do it later. So there's some really interesting like business, uh, you know, maths that I'm sure they're doing uh, yeah. on, on all of this stuff. I guess we'll see, see what happens. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you uh, want to say about this? No, I don't think so. I think that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Well, um, we'll keep an eye on all of that and, uh, yeah, you can keep, keep it locked here. You can find us online at stayintargetpodcast.com on social at chrisright250 and johnright777 and at stayintargetpod. Please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.